It's interesting, isn't it, how if you lose your, if you lose your wallet, it's panic. And what I wanted to talk about today is, well, what else can we lose? And we don't panic, but perhaps we should. This is the first few verses of 2 Kings 6. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, where each one of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to live. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. And the man reached out his hand and took it. Okay, so, interesting. Elijah and Elisha are interesting characters because they live in a transition time. They link Old Testament and New Testament quite profoundly. They were living in an evil kingdom, but they brought in kingdom of God. So the very last verses of the Old Testament talk about there will be an Elijah. And when Zechariah had that prophecy of an angel in the Christmas story, it's the same wording as in Malachi. And it says... I will send you Elijah the prophet, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and children to the fathers. So John the Baptist was a new Elijah, okay? He was the forerunner for a new Elisha. Elisha means God is salvation, and Jesus means God saves. So you've got Elijah and Elisha, one's like the father to the other. And Elijah comes along, and he's bringing in a new sense of kingdom, a new set of rules, a new sense of life. And Elisha is the one who's following behind. And John Baptist comes, he says, there's something new happening. This is fulfillment of prophecy. There's something fantastic going on. And Jesus arrives on the scene and takes over from Elijah. So, that's the context. Now then, let's have the quiz. <clears throat> Next one. In the story of 2 Kings 6, what would best describe what the prophets wanted to build? An Olympic stadium, a summer camp, or a Bible school? What do you reckon? It was a kind of Bible school, really. It's where the prophets gathered, wasn't it? To seek God and hear from God and hear what God wanted to say to the nation. So I would say it was a Bible school. Okay, you're a bit quiet on that one. wasn't too easy. Right, next one. One prophet lost the head of his axe. Why was he worried? It was expensive, it was borrowed, or it belonged to his big brother. It was borrowed. Well done, we're getting there. Next one. What did Elisha say to the prophet? Tough. What else can you do? Have you got another axe? Or where did it fall in? Did it fall in? We are doing well. Good. Okay. To get the axe head back, what did Elisha do? He gave the prophet some goggles and a snorkel. He threw a stick into the water, or he divided the River Jordan to make it dry land. Threw a stick in, we are doing well. Yes, great. Who collected the axe head? Elisha, a passing scrap metal merchant, or the prophet? The prophet, who lost it. That's right. Is that the last one? It is. Okay, we can get rid of Stepto now. 
Right, now I'm going to just go through this story. I'll only take about five minutes or so, because I think there's something important in it for us. And my question is, have you lost your cutting edge? What is your cutting edge? Have you lost it? And if so, what can be done about it? And the first thing we notice is that when they got to this place, or the prophets started by saying, this place is too small. They were cramped. They knew that God's kingdom was much bigger than the kingdom that they were living under. They wanted to see God's kingdom come. And they said, let's go to Jordan. Jordan is a lot of imagery in this, <coughs> this story. Jordan is the place where Jordan flows the Dead Sea. When people talk about Jordan, they think of death. They think of things leading to death. And so when the people came out of Israel, they crossed over Jordan into a promised land, didn't they? They came into freedom from their slavery by going through Jordan. And it's where people were baptized, including Jesus. It's a place of coming into new life. So that's where they wanted to set camp. Jordan, something new. And then it says in verse 2, each one should get a pole or a beam. Every single person had a responsibility to go and get a chunk of wood, a beam, from the forest to help with the building. They were building it together, there was something corporate, but every single person had a job to do. And they couldn't just sit on a bench and say, get on with it, lads. I feel out of it. And you too have got a job to do. You've got an axe head from God for you. The next thing we find is that Elisha went with them. They said, will you come with us? And Elisha said, yes, I will. And whatever, wherever we're building God's kingdom, Jesus is with us. Is that right? Of course it's right. Okay, so the axe head, he lost it. He was chopping away, it flew off, went into the water, and he was really upset because it was borrowed. Who did he borrow it from? What does that mean for me about borrowing? What's my axe head? Why is it borrowed? Paul says, you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your life. Your life is borrowed. It's not your own. And we owe it to God, don't we? He's, been given, he's given it to us. We didn't just arrive in this world. God brought us into this world. And it's his life. And we owe it to him. So if we lose our axe head, if we've lost what we're here for, we've lost our cutting edge, we need to be concerned. Lose your credit card, it's panic. But what about losing your direction, your call from God? You've got no purpose anymore. We need to be concerned. It's only borrowed. One day, we have to hand it back. <laughs> So what has God spoken over you? What has God spoken over you? Because you can lose it. I've been reading Timothy a lot of late, and I noticed there, well, I'll read a couple of verses from Timothy. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so by following them you fight the good fight, holding on to the faith and a good conscience. Timothy was in danger of losing his axe head. And Paul was writing to him saying, press in there, don't give up, there's something important for you to do. Remember what God said over your life, remember it, 
Fight with it. Do something with it. And in 2 Timothy, he says the same kind of thing. He says, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We need to know what God's call is on our lives. If we're not sure, get people to pray for us and let's listen. (laughs) Now, where did it fall? Elisha said, where did it fall? That is a really tough question. If you feel you've lost your way, you have to ask yourself that question. Where did I lose it? What choices did I make when suddenly I recognized God wasn't with me anymore? What sin have I allowed into my life that just means I don't hear as clearly as I should? What have I neglected about God's goodness that means that I'm not living for him like I ought to? It's hard questions, and it takes time. Um, I went for a walk last week. It was pouring with rain. I needed my waterproof trousers. I was walking the dog. I thought I had to get the dog in for Phil's sake. And... um, I needed waterproof trousers. I couldn't find them. And I was getting really frustrated, quite angry with myself. Where did I put those trousers? I looked in every cupboard. I went in the roof, looked in suitcases, couldn't find them. And Chris kept saying, when did you last wear them? I thought, I haven't worn them for ages. I just take them with me. (laughs) And I was getting quite irritated at the fact she was asking such a silly question. In the end, I found them hanging on my golf bag. Must have been from when I played with Dave and Rich, I think. And I thought, Chris was right. I should have stopped. I said, now, come on, calm down. Where did you lose them? And it takes effort and a bit of humility. I didn't have a lot of humility that day. To actually stop and ask that question. So I'm challenging you. Ask yourself the question. And you might think when you ask that question, well, that's impossible. I've blown it. I've lost it. God called me to do this, and I never did it, and that's it now. I've finished. Well, the point of this story is that the axe head is retrievable. Bless God. (laughs) It's a miracle. Yes, it is. So, when he showed him the place... (laughs) So the prophet had to be honest with his Jesus and say, okay, that's it. You know... I get a bit mixed up about prayer, I don't know about you. Sometimes we think prayer is some kind of religious exercise we have to go through and you have to use certain language. And Prayer is talking to God and being downright honest. And if you've lost your way, tell God about it. That's prayer. And he hears it and he'll do something about it. And he cut a stick and threw it in. What's that about? Well, the word for stick, I'm not a... Hebrew scholar, but I did look it up. And it's the word for timber, wood, apes, I think it's pronounced. But it's the same word as occurs when Moses threw a stick into the waters of Mara to make them sweet. And it's the same word that's used in Deuteronomy when it says, anyone who's hung on a tree, a stick, is under God's curse. What Elisha threw into that water is the cross. Our salvation is what Jesus has done on the cross. And if you've blown it, you've lost your way, you don't know what your axe head is anymore, it's the cross of Jesus that brings forgiveness and new opportunity and enables iron to swim. (laughs) 
Thank God for the cross, which speaks hope to us when we lose hope. It speaks forgiveness when we think there is no more forgiveness for us. It speaks opportunity when we think we've really blown it. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the cross. And we can take up a cross too. And the iron floated. And Elisha said, lift it out. (laughs) Or as it says in the authorised version, take it up to yourself. Or in the message, grab it. You have to take it again. Even though you've messed up, blown it, lost your way, think there's no hope, God might just say, now come on, take it again. It's okay. Think of Peter, the apostle, the disciple. Followed Jesus, completely blew it, didn't he? Denied Jesus and all that. And what did Jesus do? He comes back and says, come on, Peter. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. I'll give you another chance because of the cross. And I'll give you my Holy Spirit to teach you and give you another opportunity. So, have you got a cutting edge? Has God ever spoken a cutting edge over you? Has God spoken something in your life you think, gosh, yeah, way back then when I was a student or, you know, when we were meeting in home group and I just felt that, that God was saying, yeah, what have you done about it? If it were your credit card, you'd have done something about it. But it's easy to lose our souls. Jesus warned us about that, didn't he? And you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. So if you have lost it, what can be done about it? The cross. (laughs) Says it's okay. There's forgiveness and there's new hope and new opportunity. But take it up. And my plea for this year, for me, and I want, there's got to be a reality about this, hasn't it? People have got to ask me in a month or two's time, come on then, Pete. We talked about it last night with a couple. What is it that God's spoken over you? What do you feel you should be doing with your life? Are you doing it? And I've got a permission to ask that of you, if we're going to be real. Because it is real, isn't it? So, thank God for who he is and his mercy to us. So I've got a little thing you can do if you want to. And we'll just take a few minutes to do it. I've got a little letter that you can write to yourself. It says this. January 1st, 2012. This isn't New Year's resolutions, okay? What's your cutting edge? Have you lost it? And what can be done about it? What I'll do, if you want to, you can write something to yourself on this. Put it in an envelope, seal it, and I'll give it back to you at the beginning of Lent. And you can think, what have I done about it then? Is that a good idea? You don't have to do it. But if we're going to be real, we've got to be real, haven't we? I can promise I'm not opening those envelopes, so it's okay, it's between you and God. But having said that, I strongly recommend you share with someone, maybe in a discipleship group or a friend or something, and just be real. Say, actually, I need help with this, because I do. We're under a reign of Ahab. We need each other. And that's why the prophets were building together, wasn't it? They were trying to build new kingdom, and that's what we're about, isn't it? But we all have a responsibility. 
And it's no good sitting there saying, well, I don't like what the church is doing because... No, no, no. You pick up your axe and get on with it, chaps. We're in this together. We're building God's kingdom. If we're all under God, we can't blame each other. <laughs> so there you are. It's a few minutes to do that. I'll circulate these bits of paper. Grab a pencil, pen. No compulsion, but if it's going to be a help to you, take a piece of paper, take an envelope, put it in the box at the end, which I'll put on the table, and I'll bring them back or send them to you at the end of February.